0: So, on the podcast, we talk a lot about all the reasons on why you should be a listing agent, all the upsides to being a listing agent. But, you know, when I started to think about it, we really haven't spent a lot of time discussing maybe some potential downsides to being a listing agent. So, today I wanted to get, get into five reasons why you should not be a listing agent. And so, why am I shooting a video? when I believe that every agent should focus on becoming a listing agent, why am I making a video on reasons why you should not? Well, I believe in setting proper expectations. And one of the things I talk about all the time, in order to be a great listing agent, you must be able to set great expectations, both with yourself and with sellers. And so my hope today in this conversation we're gonna have is that you understand what being maybe a listing agent is and what it is not so that we don't have a one-sided bias of, oh, being a listing agent is all sunshine and rainbows. No, in fact, there are some downsides potentially. And in having conversations with a lot of the agents that I coach, we get into a lot of those details we get into a lot of the challenging things that come to fruition in building that listing agent business. And so I wanna talk about those with you guys today. And of course, if you want help building your listing agent business, you wanna find out more about working together, I'm gonna put a link underneath this video or in the show notes if you're listening to this in the podcast for you to find out more information about My Listing Agent Academy, and then you can decide if, if joining now makes sense or not. So let's jump into today's conversation. So the first reason you might consider not being a listing agent is confrontation. So what do I mean by confrontation? Well, if you are going to be a successful listing agent, you're going to deal with confrontation all of the time. Unlike being a buyer's agent where, you know, I would make the argument that if you look at the conversations had by most buyer's agents and the conversations we have as listing agents, most of the time when dealing with buyers, it has to do with emotions that maybe are more, I'll say positive or more under the circumstances of excitement, of joy, of happiness. And in dealing with sellers, however, it can be the exact opposite. Let me give you some examples of dealing with confrontation. The most important one that comes up most of the time that is the most difficult for most agents to have is the conversation around price. Because most real estate agents have a very, very difficult time telling sellers the truth about what their home will actually sell for. Why? Because the fear of losing that listing opportunity. So I might as well take the listing. I'd rather have the listing than not have the listing. And even if it's at the seller's price that I know is too high, rather than deal with confrontation. So one of the things to consider if you're going to succeed in selling a house, it's one thing to list a house. It's another thing to list and actually sell the house as you know. So being a great listing agent means that you are going to have to deal in confrontation when it comes to having conversations around price. You're going to have to confront the seller and be able to articulate what that property will sell for without being offensive, without getting the seller on, you know, without getting the seller upset. And you have to do that in a way that allows you to do that effectively. And so if you don't like confrontation, you've gotta take that into consideration. Another example of confrontation in being a listing agent is giving showing feedback. This is another area where you're gonna have to shoot sellers straight that potentially will have you in in a conversation where you'll have to deal with some confrontation. Presenting offers, if you get an offer, that you know the seller isn't gonna like, does that bring you stress? Does that bring you anxiety? Does it cause you to lose sleep at night because it's like, man, I gotta present this offer, I know the seller's gonna be pissed, and I'm just dreading this, I'm putting this off as as long as I possibly can, or are you willing to confront that? Are you willing to present the good, the bad, and the ugly without it affecting you emotionally? Inspections, appraisals, final walkthroughs. Oftentimes we do a final walkthrough, and one of the most common things that happen because agents don't have a process or a system that they follow is the drapes or the window treatments. I see it all the time. Sellers taking you know the curtains and taking the the um the window treatments. And the buyer's saying, no, 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 that was supposed to be included with the home. And so now listing agents got to be the bad guy or the bad girl and call the seller say, hey, you know, we've got an issue. And so that for a lot of agents, they end up discounting their commission. I'll pay for it. Don't worry about it. I'll fix it. Because they'd rather do that. They'd rather bring less money into their household than deal with confrontation. And then lastly, the closing figures. So... It is so often that we have conversations with sellers upfront during the listing process that somehow they have amnesia and forget all those conversations. And when it gets to the closing, you hopefully are sending out a closing package to your seller to review before you get into closing. So you don't have these big blowups at the closing table and you walk into closing all nervous, oh, what are they gonna think about the numbers? But it requires you to have a conversation that for most agents is uncomfortable. And that is the reviewing of the financial numbers. To go through the facts where we're, we're, we're getting past all of the emotion and the excitement of buying and selling a house and say, these are the facts. These are the numbers. This is what you're going to walk away with tomorrow when you walk in closing. This is the check you're going to walk away with tomorrow when we walk out of closing. And so you have to confront the seller to present the facts. And then, Many cases, sellers have that amnesia. They say, well, well, what is this fee? And what is that fee? and Why am I paying for title? You know, and wait, why am I paying for the buyer's agent commission? Massive issue right now in the industry with all of these lawsuits. So the first, I would say, reason for an agent to maybe focus on buyers rather than that be of listings is they don't want to deal with confrontation. They just emotionally cannot handle it. They would just rather deal with buyers because it is so much more exciting to work with buyers because you're dealing with people that in most cases are have positive emotions when dealing with sellers can be the exact opposite. Reason number two is pressure. And so here's what I mean by, by pressure when you are a listing agent and if you have taken a listing you're going to know exactly what i'm talking about here and and that is this pressure this built-in pressure to perform to get the desired outcome for the seller that you fought so hard to communicate to the seller as to why they should list their house with you the seller took you up on all of those promises and now when they say okay We wanna do business with you, we'll sign the contract. Now the pressure is on you to, in fact, perform and to deliver on those promises that you made. And for most agent, uh, uh, most real estate agents, this causes them a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress. They don't like that feeling of, man, I can't get this thing sold and they can't get it sold, why? Because we're not telling the sellers the truth and so, I'm gonna to try to come up with how to massage this thing without having to tell them the truth somehow. And in most cases, you know that just doesn't end well. And so you carry the weight of this pressure. You carry the weight of this stress to perform. And for a lot of agents, they don't wanna deal with that. They'd rather just work with buyers. Reason number three is market knowledge. Now, let me get very, very specific before you say, oh yeah, I've heard that before. I know what you're talking about when it comes to market knowledge. Okay, well, let's get into it then. So what do I mean by market knowledge? Well, A, do you know the actual inventory? What I mean by inventory is have you reviewed the inventory? Do you have yourself set up to be alerted every time there is a new property that hits the market? Do you actually go and preview all of the inventory that hits the market? A real market expert knows the inventory, knows the inventory inside and out. They don't get text messages from buyers and sellers to say, hey, did you see that house that just hit the market? And in their mind, they're saying, shit, no, I didn't see that. Let me go do some research and get back to the seller real quick. Yep, yep, I saw it. I saw it. Bullshit. Do you? you know the inventory. A real market expert knows the inventory. They know it before their buyers or sellers know it. And when something hits the market, they say it is my responsibility, it is my duty to my clients to know the inventory, to know what is happening in the marketplace, what types of properties are coming on the market, what is selling, what isn't selling, I'm walking through properties, I understand pricing, I understand what types of properties are selling and for what reasons they are or they are not. That's what I mean by do you know the inventory. Do you know the list to sold price ratio per neighborhood? So do you understand what is the actual data saying? And then can you communicate that to the seller? Do they understand and and, and rather do you understand what is that list to sold price ratio so that you have a baseline conversion that you are trying to outperform. Do you know the average days on market per neighborhood? In other words, if you go into this neighborhood, do you know that properties in this neighborhood sell an average of seven days? Do you also know that in the neighborhood across town in the same city, however, It takes about 65 days. And can you tell that story to the seller? Why is that the case? What are the driving factors? What are the characteristics of this neighborhood versus that neighborhood? And that is ultimately driving up or down how fast these properties are selling. Next, new listings, pendings, and solds. So going back to do you not only just know the new inventory that's coming into the marketplace, Do you know how many of those are coming off the market? How many are going under contract and how many are selling and how many are not? Do you have yourself set up on an alert in the MLS for every property that fails to sell? Are the numbers going up or down year over year? So all the numbers that I just outlined, do you know, can you compare, hey, what does this look like? Right now, year over year, are we trending upward? Are we trending downward? Is this better or worse than last year? And can I articulate that to the seller? Because I need to know there's there's we have to be able to compare it to something to know, to give it context, to give a data point context. We need to know as agents, and we have to be able to articulate that to a buyer or seller. The context around this is this is we we're, we're, this is worse or this is better. Based on historical data. Price bracketing. Do you understand price bracketing? Do you even know what price bracketing is? Do you understand how to price property based on certain brackets that when you do, you when you, when a, when a listing is positioned in the right price bracket, you have data to back up that it will sell for more and it will sell faster. Do you know how to do that? As a real estate agent, buyer demand by price point. Do you understand how to find out the buyer demand by each price bracket inside of your market? In other words, do you know which price bracket has the highest buyer demand? And do you know which ones have the lowest? And can you articulate to a seller, listen, if we price it in this bracket, you can see there's an 82% higher likelihood for us to get an offer and sell it faster than if we go into this price bracket. Or do you have no idea what we're talking about? And then lastly, when we talk about market knowledge, do you know the average number of showings per listing? Again, it's all about expectations, right? If we're going to set great expectations with sellers, if we're going to be a great communicator If we're going to be proactive in that communication, can you articulate and do you know the number of showings per listing? Something to consider. All right. Reason number four is budget. Okay. So there's a couple things when we talk about budget. Certainly the easiest one is do you have a budget to market your listings? And for a lot of real estate agents, they don't. They don't have the budget to put into marketing the listing. And what I mean by marketing is this. Do you have money to invest into professional photography? Do you have money to invest in 3D virtual walkthroughs? Do you have money to invest in your open house events? Do you have money to invest in your Private grand opening events. Do you have the money to invest into Matterport potentially? Do you have a budget for marketing per listing? The next thing is, do you have money to advertise your listing? So that's different than marketing. Marketing is about positioning. Advertising is about getting more eyeballs on that listing. Do you have money to advertise your listing? Are you running pay-per-click campaigns On your listings or do you just throw it in the MLS put a sign out in the front of the house and hope for the best and then do you have money to cover potential out-of-pocket expenses you see when you get into listing and selling property there are things that come up that have to do with this that or the other thing that to keep things moving forward maybe you can cover out-of-pocket expenses and then get that reimbursed from the seller Do you have a budget for any of those things? And for a lot of agents, maybe they don't. And so maybe they've got to continue to working with buyers until they start to build up some savings to budget money so that they can become a listing agent. Number five, desperation. Well, Brandon, what are you talking about? Desperation. Okay, here is exactly what I mean. It is, if if, if you are desperate for money, you are going to do things in hopes that they will turn out, but in most cases, they actually cause you more pain than they do pleasure. What do I mean? Well, for a lot of new agents going out there and looking to build a listing agent business, they will take overpriced listings because they say to themselves, Well, I a sign in the yard is a better is better than a sign in the trunk, or however that saying goes. Well, here's some things to consider. I am not. You have to make a business decision, right? There, there's one thing to take a listing that maybe is priced over where, where the market suggests that it being priced, but with the right seller and with the right expectations, maybe you do that. It's a whole nother thing to take. A listing that you know damn well is never going to sell and you do yourself, the sellers, the community and the neighborhood a disservice. But if you're desperate, you say, well, I'll just throw the Hail Mary and I'm going to sit back and hope for the best, knowing hope is not a strategy. If you're desperate, you might start to work with unreasonable sellers that have unreasonable terms Why? Because you have maybe a scarcity mindset and when you don't have a large pipeline of high quality, of high quantity seller opportunities, you take what you can get. Let's be honest. And so when that happens, you end up working with sellers that other agents that have an abundance mindset. Why? Because they have a full pipeline of high quality, high quantity seller opportunities that they can turn down sellers that have properties overpriced, that have unreasonable expectations with unreasonable terms. They want you to be at every showing. They want a foot rub after every showing. They want you to have an open house seven days a week. They want you to call them every single morning and bring them a Starbucks. You don't have to work with those people if you have a massive pipeline. If you're desperate, you're gonna find yourself working with these sellers that will work you to the bone that result in you not making a sale, not making money, not furthering your goals, and as a result, end up burning out. And so those are five things to consider. And if any of those you know, ring true to you, it isn't that these have to be your reality forever. It's just I want to bring these to your awareness so that you can work past them so that you can enjoy all of the positive things that being a listing agent will give you in your life.